0: This is a story of religious persecution, overcoming adversity, and not giving up on your dreams even in the face of danger. This is Mona Husseini's story. She is a graduate student at OHSU. Her journey here was long and arduous. It's Tuesday, February 19th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Josh Anderson. Tracy Lamb sat down with Mona to talk about what life was like in a country where she was denied political, economic, cultural, and religious rights, and what it took for her to live out her dreams here in the United States.
1: I'm here with Mona Hosseini. She's here at OHSU working on her PhD in molecular and cellular biosciences. Thank you so much, Mona, for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, Mona, you have an interesting and somewhat of a harrowing story about your journey to the United States. You were born and raised in Tehran, Iran, and you said you didn't really want to leave Iran. So why did you? What was what was happening at that time?
2: Um, So I was born and raised, as you mentioned, uh, over there, but I didn't want to immigrate out of the country. But the situation... As I grow up, the situation got bad. Um, The main reason for me to immigrate out of the country and come to United States was uh, education and having Uh, access to the higher education was my main concern. That's why I'm here.
1: What was preventing you from having access to the university?
2: Um, So yeah, um, so I am a Baha'i and um, I and my family, we are considered as uh, religious minorities uh, in Iran. Um, After the Iran's revolution in 1970s, um, Iran's government doesn't recognize Baha'is in Iran as as official or they don't recognize them as a religion. And for that reason, uh, after the revolution, Baha'is are getting banned from uh, anything that basically is their rights, right to education, right to have a job. After the revolution, basically what happened uh, was that a lot of Baha'is had lost their lives and they lost their jobs. They lost basically a lot of people. They got killed because uh, simply because they were um, Baha'is. And when things settled down, government didn't let uh, Baha'is to access like uh, higher education and basically they banned the stuff. They banned um, them from going to universities. Um, the reason behind that was simply because of their religion we couldn't go to university event and we still cannot go to university but what happened is that until i was in high school i couldn't even apply to go to university the system in iran is a little bit different Uh, every student after they finish high school they have to take a nationalized test and based on that test they can choose their degree and choose the university that they can go. So three years of high school, students study very, very hard for that test. I got a really good score on that test. To just play safe, I applied for really basic degrees and really basic universities. However, I was I was like, on my advisor said that, you're guaranteed that you're gonna get into When the results came back, I was Basically, they said, oh, for the lack of information, you cannot go to university. When um, I went to the Office of Education, um, after like a week of going from office to office and person to person, simply one last person said, what's your religion? And he said, Baha'i. And he was like, you know you cannot go to university. Why are you wasting your time? So it was hard at the moment to accept it. Um, I put one year to just study hard, and I was so hopeful. However, I decided to stay and try a little bit more, so I started up uh, studying um, applied chemistry in Baha'i Institute for Higher Education, which was established, uh, sometimes after the the revolution, only for um, getting the Baha'i students access to higher education. BIHE, or Baha'i Institute for Higher Education, um, right now is an online university, but as you can imagine, A was the subject of multiple attacks by government during the years, and they lost a lot of their resources and they lost a lot of their equipment. Um, for example, as I said, I was a, a studying applied chemistry, however, There was days that uh, I would go to the lab, do some stuff, and then go home. The next day, there wouldn't be in the lab because the government uh, shut it down. Or um, recently, the the same time that I left Iran, uh, they started arresting a lot of teachers and TAs to the teachers, so there wouldn't be anybody to teach. So that was hard, but um, finally it came down to the decision of me and my husband we started talking and we are like I can't do it I need to have that education I tried so hard a couple years to stay but that wasn't enough
1: yeah and going to this school that is just for Baha'i did you at any point feel like you were in danger physically for your life
2: well (laughs) I had like I always talk about this. It's kind of a little bit hard to explain how it feels, uh, especially like for somebody, for people that grow up in the United States and that they have the the freedom of religion and the freedom of the speech is the main and the, the basic right of the person. It's kind of a little bit hard to talk about it. I was never, I never learned how to basically denying my religion and denying my beliefs from. I remember, like, really, like, when I was like seven years old, when I was in the first grade. My, you love your first grade teacher. You don't expect them to be harsh on you, just because. I was a kid. I even didn't have a religion at the time, but you don't expect them. But it was difficult in the sense that everybody is attacking you. By the time that I grow up, I don't want to say it was normal, but I learned how to deal with it. I was arrested for being a Baha'i one time. So I knew I always knew that there would be a danger somebody will basically walk in if I had a class or something. So it, it was completely possible. But I don't want to say I was afraid. Um, I was more concerned that this is going to be gone. A lot you may know about this but like filtering internet is a big Big thing that our government does. Like, our website to the university was filtered all the time. So I had to use a like VPN to access it. And they had to change it. But yeah, like, it was really possible. Like, our friends, they used to teach in BIHE and they got arrested. Like, we went to, we, we were together the night before and then in the morning they were gone. But being in that situation, It's just, um, I grew up in that situation, and I was aware that this is not the right way, Uh, but in the same time, you don't, I didn't completely realize what I was missing, and what, in what degree that was wrong, until like, I was out of that situation, and I was over here, and I saw that this is, this was the basic right. I, I could say whatever I wanted, and I could believe in whatever I wanted, and nobody should have in in that position to be banned from doing what they wanted.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What was it like to have to leave your country and your family?
2: Oh, it was hard. Um, I say I didn't want to leave the country, but in the same time, you need to understand that it's really hard. You build this life. You grow up with your family, with your friends. You build a community and you try to make it better and you have hopes and dreams and then you have to leave it behind to say that you will go back to it it's not possible like like my friends they were saying I was sad when I was living there, and they were saying oh you will come back and deep down I, I knew that I'm not going to go back uh, to living the country again I always say like with this topic of like immigration and like people are coming to United States and like some are pro immigration and some are anti-immigration <laughs> as you call them I always say you do you should understand that nobody really wants to live the life that they've built you develop a sense of a belonging to somewhere that you grow up to the people that are around you to the community and that you're trying to make it better but you have to leave it behind in just the hope that somehow in the future, making yourself better and having more opportunities and having more resources, maybe you can help that somehow in the future. That is something that you ha- I had to keep in mind. And that was something that I had to tell myself to be able to leave that situation and to be, to be able to put behind everything that I had. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: That's,
1: that's incredible to, to have that, that courage to, to do it. Um, and then just stepping back a little bit af- when you and your husband decided to leave Iran, what happened next? Where did you go?
2: Uh, Yes. Uh, So as you can see, the relationships of the two countries is not good. So there wasn't any direct path to the United States. So we decided to become a refugee to the United Nations uh, in Turkey. So we basically introduced ourselves to the United Nations in Turkey, and then we said our uh, reasons for uh, becoming a refugee And then we had to wait for our immigration process in Turkey for about 16 months, a year year and a half, I guess, more like it. That was another obstacle in Turkey because uh, refugees, they are not authorized to work, so they cannot work. We didn't have any health insurance, so that was kind of like one other big issue that we had and like if something happened you could go to doctor where you basically you don't have any insurance considering that you're not working financial situation was kind of hard over there and then we had to learn a new language a new col- a culture we were kind of lucky that my parents are from Azerbaijan so we, run, so we kind of had that I and my husband both of us we kind of were familiar with the language so we kind of able to adopt a little bit more. But that was a hard time, but we were lucky enough that we had some friends around us, so it wasn't bad at all.
1: <laughs> and so when did you and your husband get to United States, and where?
2: Uh, yeah, so we came here November 2013, and we came to Vancouver, Washington, as my sister was living over there uh, so we decided to join our sister right when we arrived we had to basically find job first thing because uh, we needed a little bit of money to start our lives over here and then we just as we started uh college right after that It spring term of 2014 so it was like a three months four months after we arrived here
1: and how old were you at that time
2: i was Years are like twenty four, twenty-four. I was going to be twenty-five at that time, yes. Yeah, I started college. Uh I went to community college. After two years of community college I transferred to Portland State University. And um I decided to be a full time student because it wasn't making sense to be a part time student for me. Being a full-time student, I had a full-time job. I was just talking to my husband the other day. I was like, oh, do you remember that time that I had three jobs at the same time being a full-time student? I enjoyed them. I I was very lucky to have the jobs that I had and part-time jobs that I had. Four years after I started college, I graduated, exactly four years after I started college, I graduated from Portland State with a Bachelor in Science.
1: And then what brought you to OHSU?
2: I always consider myself lucky. And in the same time, I'm like, I just put my heart over there to kind of, I put my heart and I was like, I don't know what should I do with my education. So long story is that when I started college, everybody told me that you need to have a clear idea of what you want to study. Otherwise you will end up like taking classes and um, that are not gonna be right classes for you might be. I didn't know what to do. All my family, they are in profession. They basically went to professional schools. They are either engineers or they are nurses. They didn't have a clear idea of like what would be to be a researcher or to be in a research area. But I always liked that idea. And getting a PhD was like a long, it was a dream for me. One day in one of my biology classes, one of our professors came into the class and said, oh, there's a, a scholarship which uh, you guys, it's from National Institute of Health, so you can apply for it and they will basically place you in a research lab and then you can get experience they actually didn't know what's gonna be, uh, what is that a scholarship exactly about. I heard two things. They will put me in a research lab so I get experience and they will pay me. So <laughs> it made so much sense to apply and I was lucky to get it. And then after a while, it become more clear. Um, the scholarship's name is Build Exito. It's from NIH and it's aiming to um, have students from underrepresented backgrounds to be exposed to research and help them basically establish and get familiar with the research fields and help them to get into professional schools or research areas. So when I transferred from Clark College to PSU, I was replaced uh, in a lab at OHSU uh, in Dr. Agarwal Laboratory in uh, Knight Cancer Institute and i studied acute myeloid leukemia and my research was about finding a specific and targeted therapy for that disease i did that throughout the last 2 years of my undergrad and then in the same time i applied throughout my last year of the undergrad i applied for a phd and i wasn't hopeful to get in the first round i just applied just so I can apply <laughs> and say, but it, uh, I was like, I'm not going to get in. So I will work uh, one more year to, uh, to get in next year. But hey, I got to apply. <laughs> I got to accept it. You got accepted.
1: So. Here you are.
2: <laughs> and here I am. Yes.
1: Cool, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so when you were in Iran wanting to go to university, what did you want to study? And what did you want to become?
2: Um, I wanted to study chemistry. At the time, I was really fascinated by the chemistry and uh, its implication in biology. I say I wanted to study chemistry because I had to keep it in the back of my mind that if they don't let me go to university, I have to have like a clear idea what are my options at BIHE. And um, I say BIHE is a great opportunity for students to get that higher education but it doesn't have every single option that you can find. It's really limited in what it can offer and you can imagine because of uh, a lot of pressure that is on it, it cannot have all of it. The closest thing (laughs) to what I wanted to study was chemistry and uh when I started over here I had it in my mind that I wanted to be a, a chemist but taking biology in the same time I was like I need to have this one this one is more fascinating and it definitely suits me more so mm-hmm. that's what I'm doing now.
1: sounds good so um what are you doing now at OHSU
2: Okay, so now I'm the first year graduate student uh, graduate student at uh, Molecular and Biological Sciences, Biosciences. I just finished my first quarter, which was kind of the hardest one. And right now I'm rotating between labs and trying to find a lab that suits me well and uh, trying to find a good mentor and a good research area to join.
1: Great. And what do you want to do once you're once you've attained your Ph.D.?
2: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> it is. Um, I have to answer like I didn't realize a couple of days, a couple of days ago, I didn't realize it was in one of my evaluation forms. What do you want to do when you grow up? I'm not actually sure. For sure, I'm going to stay in research, uh, but I'm not sure if I want to stay in academia if I am capable of doing it. But for sure, I'm going to do a couple years of postdoc and postdoc research before deciding what would be the next career path.
1: Yeah. Have
2: you been back to Iran
1: since you left?
2: No, no. I can go back, I have a passport, and there is no issue, and I'm a, I'm considered as like a permanent residence over here, so there wouldn't be any issue for me to go back and forth, but in the same time, I didn't want to go back until I become a citizen over here. The reason behind it is there is always this fear that they can arrest you, but I'm not really afraid of that. Up to finishing my bachelor, there wasn't really any time for me to go back, but when I finished my bachelor, I was thinking, we, I knew that I'm gonna start again a school at OHSU. I was thinking maybe you should go back during summer, but uh, with the new president being elected and with the new travel ban, that made everything really hard. Now, it was the fear of me going back and not being able to get back into the to United States. I know everybody's like, oh, this, The ban doesn't basically include you, but who knows what can happen next. So I didn't do it until I can become a citizen and then I can go back. I
1: guess my final question to you, Mona, is that you've had a very long, hard
2: road here. What was it that kept you going? As I mentioned, leaving behind everything was hard. It was hard to leave everything behind but I had to make something out of it. I couldn't just sit down. I couldn't just make easy choices and make safe choices. I'm pretty sure I would be happy if I was doing anything else. But in the same time, I tried so hard, and I uh, basically I put everything that I could into getting my research done when I was doing when I was in undergrad and pushing it for being better and better just because I always had it in back of my mind that I sacrificed so much, I better make something really good out of this. When I look back at it, it looks like that I had like a lot of hardships and a lot of like obstacles in my way, and I accept it and I see it, but in the same time, every one of them made me better and every one of them pushed me to be stronger and to not take anything for granted. I always say that I'm really thankful and I always think I'm one of the luckiest person in the world to have such a great mentor and such a great opportunity. If I wouldn't get that scholarship, I always say that I wouldn't be here today or if I didn't have such a great mentor like Dr. Agobal I didn't know how to do research and how to think how to put my mind and how to develop my skills but in the same time I acknowledged that I tried hard and I worked really hard for it it was always the thought that I came too far and I need to make this the best <laughs> I went anybody that is listening to this just to think about their own life and just to think what they've faced everybody has a challenge and i'm pretty sure that no one's life is basically lacking like any obstacle but i want you to think about them and just appreciate how much you grow out of those obstacles and hardships and thank you for having me Very
1: wise words. Thank you so much, Mona, for sharing your story. Definitely. Thank
2: you.
0: OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communication. This episode was produced by Tracy Lamb and edited by me. I'm Josh Anderson, filling in for Patrick Holmes. See you next week.